Radio on Super Talk 1270. Now, here's Travis Feist and Rob McLeod. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Unriveted, a Dakota Customs original podcast. I'm your host, Travis Feist, and with me, and always, is my co-host, Rob McLeod. Good morning, guys. So I'm actually, you know, this is the podcast that I actually look forward to. I mean, I kind of look well, forward to Come on I, now. I, well, no, I mean, for real, like, I actually look forward to everyone because it actually kind of gets me away from the shop and... It kind of like resets your mind in a in a little bit. Well, sometimes yeah. like I think to say a little bit better, there is certain podcasts with certain guests that we actually got to put a little bit more effort into making sure that it's a quality podcast. Where this one, we can actually kind of just free flow. Um, we're always on the same level, and it's just a little bit more laxed. Yeah, it's you not know, so like that, there's there's no like pressure on our end. Yeah, to, how I feel. To, to fill in the voids and yeah. you know, make sure that uh, the conversation is enticing and want, you know, is good listening content for, you know, our listeners. The only thing I would probably change is if it was a little bit later and we'd have, like, pizza and drinks while we were doing this would probably help make the whole thing even go even better yet. But it's always good to have Bill Stork, Kyle, on our podcast well, thanks. Yeah, uh, I think we added beer to this thing. And yeah, go well, off the rails rapidly. Yeah, probably. Well, last time we got together, it was a it was a in two, a good way though. Yeah, it was a two episode discussion podcast. But I think if you put pizza and beer in there, I think it would probably be a three or four. But hey, I was I'm up for it. Uh, actually, uh, it's probably within the last week. I was I had some podcasts on. I think it was one of the rainy evenings we had, and I watched. Our podcast, I think it was the OG unedited one, and um, that was pretty awesome, actually, just watching all our body languages and right. stuff like that. It's like having a, a, a third perspective to yourself is, is pretty interesting. Then um, I watched were we, that. Were we doing it at the shop or at the other station? That was at the other station. Oh, sure. And then uh, I watched the, the Roaster Shop Whiskey and Oil podcast, and they... they they don't just put whiskey in their title. They drink it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They drink it. Yeah, like, they're, they're pouring it, and yeah. and they ain't mixing it. They're It's chill. It's si- on the rocks. Si- oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, like, I look at their entire shelf of whiskey. It's like, someday we'll get there. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah <laughs> like, it's just cool. And yeah. as I watched the one where they were talking about how they redid Rogan's uh, um, Cuda, and... They actually have a mural of Rogan's Cuda. No, his Chevelle. He's they got he's got a Chevelle in there. Um, the one on the on the background. On the there, back the picture. Yep. yep. And that's uh so it's just man, maybe in the, our upcoming facility potentially we'll have a nice studio in there. Yeah. Well maybe we can get a picture of Kyle like back in the day when he was like jumping out of his yeah. bikes and we'll blow that up and put that like in the background of our doing a doing a heel clicker. You yeah. don't have to go back too far. I still got first few words you cut them down. Yeah. Well <laughs> hey I'm just saying like he's he's I'm not gonna say old, he's elderly. Little, oh. he's just a little older now than back then. But I'm sure he can still pull it off. It's all a relative term, the age thing, and it's we, true. we were calling people old because I'll, I'll catch myself saying that. And I think 
I'm younger than I really am, but the dudes I'm talking about are the same age or younger than I am, and I'm calling them old. So right. it's all it's all relative, well, just, right? It, and it's hard. Like, how do you even how do you even like like introduce that when you're trying to tell a story? Like, well, this person that's old, and then they're looking at you. I'm like, well, I'm just saying, like, to me, they're older, but not that they're in generally old. And then you know, it's like, well, God, no. We'll just say he that screwed me up on my story. You we'll, gotta think it over. Again. We'll just say he's deeper into his prime than there most. There he is. There okay. he is. Yeah, I like that, it. I'll take any of it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds a lot better. So, huh? Yeah. So, in on our today's podcast, unless you haven't figured it out, we do have the Mister Bill Stork, Kyle. I feel from, like he needs no introduction. From, yeah, the, the from Rough Rider Harley Davidson here on the Strip and Man Down. Um, Hey, thanks for coming on our podcast again. Yeah, you know, yeah. I man, I enjoy having you here. And 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 speaking of the whole, and I don't know why I brought it up, but the whole pizza and beer thing because you know you're you had a thing last Friday. Yeah, I don't think you showed up though. You didn't last till seven thirty. I went by there, and at seven o'clock, the girls underneath the tent were wiping sweat off their face. You were running, and I think you were piling up cones to shut her down because I think you, it was so hot that day. Yeah, we it ran. Was hot. We, we ran till eight o'clock, but it we started the the cones were just to kind of handle traffic coming into the parking oh, uh, yeah. lot, so we were picking that up. But it was extremely hot, no doubt about it. We thought about putting the thing inside, but didn't think it would have the same vibe. Really? So yeah, it, it went well. It, you know, and I have to say, I drove by twice. Be like, God, I don't know. Is he really? Sh- I don't know. I should probably pull in there. And then I was like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. And I should have because I, I think you were talking about some crown that you had on the shelf or something. I'm like, I know. Dude, I we, kept I, thinking you were coming I, in. I, I had it all ready even, for you. I even reached out to Rob. I'm like, he's shutting her down. He's letting us down. I, I can't well, believe he's early. I was, when I heard about it, I was looking forward to it. And then I was, uh, I was waiting for a few other things to come into play. And I was going to stop over there, and by the time my passenger, um, by the time she was ready, you were. Well, yeah, we, she we was all, her we feet, all understand. Yeah, 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 waiting just, on uh, her. Yeah, you don't fill others. in the blanks. Like we get it. But, yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I hopefully that was a good turnout. It was kind of like an appreciation kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it was just for deal. fun. Yeah, it was, it was. That's all it was. Yeah, turned out good. It did. You know, I mean, obviously, if some people come in and buy a, a t shirt or some sunglasses or something, you know, it's. I mean, all that stuff kind of still helps. It mm-hmm. costs money to put those things on, and um, the biggest thing is I think people enjoyed it. It was something else for the biker community to get together to do. Um, so. You know, we were just talking a little bit before the show started about the the ride that's done from uh, guys across the street and mm-hmm. uh, the liability side of of that scares me that I don't like to put those on. But to have everybody come to our store and uh, drink some craft beer, listen to some good music, had a food truck there. It's uh, it's a fun environment to be mm-hmm. part of. Yeah, no, I agree absolutely. And like I said, it was hot. I mean, it was hot. Just you know, I think it was more humid than hot, but I think it was still pretty it warm was hot. Yeah, that day. And when I drove by, it's I don't know which girls that were working underneath the tent there in front there, but both times they were just like you'd look over and they're just behind there, and they're, you just tell they're just they're just sweating and they're like wiping their face and like they were running hard over there. So, but it looked like it was a pretty good crowd. The first time I went by to get my bike to come back. And then on the way back, it seemed like it, like I said, it was on the on going on the DL. 
then you were picking up cones and i was like god dang it man we missed it and i looked down and it was i think it was like 10 to 7 or 5 to 7 i thought oh so i benches rob i'm like dude He's shutting her down early. He's probably had enough. It was it was too hot. But. I was kind of like looking forward to it because I, I remember in our our last podcast we were talking about like how Harley Davidson stores aren't just a store. They're like they're a stop. They're right. they're a spot. Yep. You know they're welcoming, and like I always get those vibes. Like man, I just want to swing into the Harley shop, and it's like whenever I go get parts, it's like I make sure that I have like. 20 minutes set of sex you know you might just hang out there for a good 20 oh, minutes absolutely. you know yeah it's, yeah i've i've gotten to the point where it seems like when i go to places th- like that's like yes you know people well like people are like hey we gotta you know like stop at the gas station or do whatever it's like in my list it's like do they have a harley store yeah i, I want to check in and i want to see that i, I want to see what it's all about i want to see what their harley store is i want to see what they have i want to check it out all that stuff so it's getting to be something that i make a point to no matter where i go it's it's like I googled to see is there a Harley Davidson shop here to go in and check it out and I feel like this is the same way too because you don't just run in there get what you need and leave like you go in and you do your whole round like you start in the clothing area you say hi to everybody you make it up to the parts and then you got to see if Bill's working or if he's even in his office There's and then only... you go into the shop and you you know you waste time back there as i'm telling it's not wasting Ky- time as i'm telling kyle at this because i'm in there with his employees and i'm like taking up time and bs and everything but you do you make it an event like it's it's a half an hour deal when you go in there just to order one thing but- there's only one exception and that's when your bike is on the lift and that part you're going to the harley store require or means your bike will come off the lift so that's when it's you go in there get the part get your bike off the lift and then that's when there's an exception but no like even yesterday when uh, Bauman stopped by to pick you up to go check out his new Road Glide, which is an Things amazing killer. bike. Those yeah. things are that bike way more impressive when you actually ride them. Oh, yeah. and that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. But anyway, so um, I got excited. So I knew you guys were going to be over there checking out this new Road Glide. So I was like, well, I'm on my lunch break. I'm going to utilize my lunch break. I'm going to go enjoy this nice little Harley Davidson experience. Yeah. And it was definitely worth it. Oh yeah, and 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 the speaking of that, those things are killer. Those new CVOs. Yeah. So did you see the dash lit up? Oh yeah. And all that. How yeah. That, mm-hmm. And all they can move the gauges from one side to the other. Put the navigation in between the two gauges. It's uh, uh, next level from a tech standpoint. Yeah, and it's crazy because so the newest bike that I own is a 2015, and to me, I'm like. That's a nice bike. Like I love my 15 year old glide. It's my favorite go-to bike. It's I love the way it rides, handles, everything. Then I got on uh, Dave Walsh 22, Two. which I was like, wow, Same this gen- thing's Im- impressive. Same generation though. It's different. If if you ride it, it it just it handles different. It's so you can tell already. Like wow, this thing's really nice. It rides awesome. It handles everything else. Then the the brand new CVO is compared to this twenty two. It's a whole nother step up yet. It's, yeah, wait till I'm sure oh, Bauman yeah. will let you ride that thing. Well, I already told him. Yeah, yeah he doesn't yeah. have a choice. It'll blow yeah. your mind uh, because it's it's lighter. Um, the chassis is different. Suspension is probably the largest improvement. You know, all of the the bikes that you two both own. Mm-hmm. When you go over like uh, the expressway bridge and then joints, mm-hmm. you can you can really feel with that shortened suspension how harsh 
those bumps are mm-hmm. this new bikes just you don't feel it so oh, those inverted tubes go a long ways yeah that's part of it i but think it's just the way that it's all uh frame, frame geometry yeah because yeah. didn't they stretch those new frames a little bit i don't have the details of what they've done to the frame now i know there are some changes the suspension's completely different as far as the components that they're using so that's mm-hmm. a big piece of the pie right there you know what's crazy is um Spencer, one of your sales guys, said it rides like a lowrider, and I've I've ridden a lowrider, and uh, that is by far like um, the biggest bike that I've ever seen as a new road glide. But when someone tells me it it, it rides like a lowrider, like that's that's, that's saying something, yeah. yeah. I would imagine he was referring to just to how light the bike feels right. and how nimble it is. Right, yeah, yeah it's just, um, it's... They change a lot of stuff to cut weight, too, I believe, on those, the the new, and and I keep saying the, C, the CVOs, but that's the, the, old, the, the only new version. Oh, we believe that's going to be the precursor to the regular right. order bike. Sure. We don't know that. We have no knowledge of that whatsoever. Oh, like I'm, like, making a public statement right now that I, I have no knowledge assuming, of the future. Right. But just... Uh, like investment guys say that the the past is no guarantee of the future what they've done in the past is when they come out with something like that on the cvo that's usually the rg or the regular order bike is going to follow that style Mm -hmm. and it'd be smart not to though yeah and maybe it won't be 24 maybe it'll be 25 we'll have to wait and see yeah i i do know even with that new uh dash setup the touch it looks like a touch screen but it's it's a display man there's like 12 15 buttons on each hand control i mean they they move stuff around um that what you can do from your thumbs like you can like the different sport modes uh that you can um uh, not their suspension but like your like the rain mode there's sport mode there's uh, i can't think of all of them so that one yeah that one has uh, a sport mode highway mode rain mode and all that uh, technology started with that pan america adventure bike that has more detailed uh um ride modes but you know it's off-road we're not gonna put that on a road right, right? yeah um but it it just has so much tech to it but it, it you'd think well with all these buttons when you just look at visually you're you know it's going to be overwhelming to operate this thing mm-hmm. but it's very intuitive mm-hmm. um with the way your brain thinks and the way that those buttons operate what you're seeing on the dash so once you just spend a small amount of time with it it'll come right. come yeah. to you pretty easily it, and i'm sure right away because so. even just sitting there looking at it, it's like holy crap like there's it's overwhelming but once you get it set up and you get it figured out it's user-friendly and yeah things yeah so i, I believe spencer referred to on each hand control, them as pucks. So yeah, I don't know if you got that from from. Uh, I don't know, but, 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 but what I'm saying was, it's not like there's just rows and rows of buttons. It's all right there within just real quick movements of your thumb. Yeah. So it's really user friendly. Um, so it's not like you're trying to operate a, a rocket ship here right. or a, you know a, I don't know a, a navy boat or something. Yeah. Like that. No, but, and, and I get what yeah. you're saying because that's what you think when you but look at all it, this stuff and it, it looks, looks like clean. It's, oh my gosh, yeah, there's right. too much here. It doesn't draw any like you're obviously drawn to other beautiful parts of the bike over, you know, it, the the hand controls are for what they do and how many functions they provide. They don't look gaudy or out of place by any means. They look like that's clean. part of the bike yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know and i want to speak to what you'd said earlier rob um the same generation of riding your bike to riding waltz mm-hmm. 
that there was a lot of difference in the feel to you. That's because even though they are the same gen, there was multiple enhancements um, that were made between those years to help with ride quality, the way the nav worked. Um, So there are still a lot of changes that you would feel during a ride. Mm -hmm. And same thing going to this next gen one that we're talking about. And and they got to they always have to give people a reason to buy and they're they're not reinventing the motorcycle but they're just the tech and the conveniences and the quality of performance uh durability ride quality all that stuff is always being improved and it is by every manufacturer Mm -hmm. that competition drives everybody to be better so i think from even from 20 to 22 on the road glides they switched from a hydraulic clutch to a cable clutch right yeah they they were real big on the hydraulic deal even within generations like you said they're still making changes to you know make it a better bike yeah and the, the reason that they went from the hydraulic back to the cable is a complicated answer of why they did it and you know there's probably a a few engineers that really know why they did it Um, but as all of us that have ridden a lot we know that with a cable clutch you have a better feel of engagement than you do with a hydraulic Um, so I personally prefer the cable my race bike my motocross bike has a hydraulic clutch on it I'm completely used to that and it's fine too so yeah so it's crazy because for me as a builder point, I'd much rather do the hydraulic because it's easier for me to hide and run and and be able to make that bike look a certain way with the hydraulic you versus can just the route cable. It better. Yeah, yeah. Until you actually have a big bore bike and you got a heavy duty clutch in there, and then you're like, oh god, maybe the hydraulic would have been a lot nicer than the cable because I know my big wheel. I've got that upgraded clutch in there and cruising around on that thing after a while man like get massive forearm right am i do i remember correctly that what you do is you put a large it has to have a larger spring in it yep. um so that the power doesn't override the clutch's Correct. ability yeah and and then that creates a very stiff pull with a clutch yeah and, and it is you end up with a popeye arm on on just your left I know, side right <laughs> <laughs> so at, at many times i'm like that's God, when you're I, running on your street yeah on, on the my big wheel down there and it's uh um, after a while, especially going through traffic down in Arizona and stuff like <laughs> after a while, you're just like, got to work that forearm a little bit. So getting tight, but you know, Hey, it's nature of the beast. That's so I think, I think it's kind of cool that. So I have the very last model year of the first general glide 2013, which I think it's, I think it's a cool bike just mm-hmm. cause I only made that twin cam in a road glide for two years. Didn't make a road glide in 2014. You have the first year. Of the second generation road glide that now Bauman has first year of the third generation road glide so i think there's kind of a cool sequence of road glides there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah every time i get you know we, we just talked about all the advances and how much they change but any time that i go from an m8 motor back to a twin cam that has the right pipe and has that perfect sound and let's face it that perfect sound to me is different than it is to a lot of people it's I hate to make this comparison, but it's kind of like what we like to look at in a lady, mm-hmm. right? We don't all like the same thing, right? Correct. Yep. And uh, the sound that a twin cam motor makes with a good two into one, mine was a Vance and Hines Pro Pipe that I just absolutely loved the sound of that bike. It do sound good. That same pipe on an M8 motor didn't even sound close to the same. No. Mm-hmm. But they figured it out. They figured yeah. out some pipes that, that uh, had a good quality performance sound, not just making a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and again, it's kind of funny that you say that because to me, 
It's like my ultimate favorite song, and you're gonna love this. Oh boy, the fishtails, dude. For some reason, I I could sit, I can sit there, and I'm like, you know what? To hear a good set of fishtails go by never gets old. Like I can listen to that all day long, and even having on my on my heritage. That was half the reason why I love riding that bike because I could sit and listen to that exhaust all day long. Like I love and and granted, like I want to put it on every bike that I own because it's just it's cosmetically too. Like it just doesn't look right. But I love the sound that uh, like fishtails make. Okay, I. I, <laughs> I think I you're just to trying to be to a gangster or something. Yeah. I I, see, yeah. we, this is the thing but, why these things could last ten hours. Yeah. We oh, just yeah. talk about I, one absolutely. little thing and go yeah. on and on. Because I know you probably don't like. Fishing. I don't like them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see? I like how they look on the right bike. So you right. got like a Cholo Dout Deluxe. They yep. kind of it has to. Oh, yeah. it, pretty much that's the pipe you put on that yeah, bike. You just have to. Yeah. I like how they look. That's where it ends. I don't. I don't appreciate the sound, and I know for a fact that they rob horsepower. Well, exactly. It's if you want horsepower, then yeah, you you have to go two and one. Like anybody will tell you that. But that's where you. To me, it's like I will give up the power just to have that sound because yeah. I enjoy that sound. You know, it's just I get it. It's and and again, if if you like you said, it's a lot of it's cosmetic too. If you were to build a you know, they call the Cholo bike or low rider, and you go put a big two-in-one Vance and Heinz on there, you're going to ruin the look of that bike. Yeah, and that then makes no sense. It's just dumb. But you put a good set of fishtails on there, I don't care, man. I can. I'll, that's one thing I loved about that bike is I just the listen to that exhaust. That was half the fun. Yeah. It's funny. We've got something going on weird at the store where we got employees buying all these older bikes. I don't know if you've seen this, but DJ picked up a, an older, like, it's either late 90s or early 2000s softtail springer mm-hmm. skinny front tire gorgeous bike ben's got a softtail standard that he tricked out it looks awesome um we've got a couple guys that have bought some some older dynas and we're all riding these older bikes again and um, cool. i have that you know that o2 switchblade yep. and yeah it's like we're trying to be kids again i don't know you know it's funny that you say that because my heritage i got from you and i I remember when I reached out, I'm like, if you ever get a, just, this is a bike I'm looking for. If you ever get one in on trade, like, don't touch it, don't wash it, don't do nothing. Like, call me, I'll come pick it up. And it was probably like a week later, and then you you sent me a picture of that white one that you just got traded in. And this thing hadn't been washed in years. It had all the fringe, like, on the, on the like, clutch levers. It had the leather, you know, studded all uh, leather bags with the fringe on it. I mean, once you saw was, that, you had to have. Oh it. yeah. So they're they're <laughs> making fun of it, and they're like, "He's not going to buy this thing," you know. And they sent me a picture, and I'm like, "That's perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for." And yeah, DJ calls those street sweepers when they got the fringe on the yeah. bags, uh, and they, uh, we've got this this customer. Um, he has fringes on the floorboards and everything. Oh, yeah. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. The thing looks like it needs a haircut. Yeah, it's like <laughs> cut that, get rid of it. And and I remember because I did the same thing too. I'm like, just has to be like this bike. But if you get in it, like the worst, because again, I throw everything in the garbage. I don't use any of the factory stuff. I just want the chassis. And um, you guys got that in. But it's funny that you say that because that was exactly what I did to you. It's like. Don't even wash it because the less you put into it, it's what I want. But that's yep. where it all started. These, uh, I don't know why, but uh, Deluxe mm-hmm. that has the 21 inch front, 
the large spokes and choloed out. There's just something about the it's how cool. those it's, bikes. It, I don't know. It's just so like, cool. They, yeah. It's gangster, I guess. Yeah. That's about as much as I can say. Like and you, get, you didn't finish, though. Well, the, there's... Fish, the fishtails. Yeah, well, yeah, your fishtails. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, I mean, everybody trims them out differently, but, right. um, you know, like some of them bikes with white grips, white seats, diamond tuck seats, and all that stuff, they just have such a really cool look to them. Yep, it is. They, have, they, it kind of shifts more towards art over machine. Yeah. Yeah, but then you got to appreciate it because it's still a machine. You can go ride it and, you know, you know, make noise and get somewhere with it, but then... When you park it, it's more. It's one of those things. It's it's a rare deal. You appreciate it more when it's parked over riding it. To where, like say on a road glide, you appreciate it more riding it over looking at it. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Well, and that was the same thing too. Getting back is, you know, it's kind of like I got the the big bore big wheel down in Arizona. I got my road glide here, and then when I had my heritage, the heritage had. The five-speed transmission. It was a ninety-six-inch motor, no windshield, no you know none of the good stuff. But you know what? It's like that was my go-to bike. I love that. It you know it's it just that was my favorite bike to ride. But then when you get on the actual you know the road glide, it was you know the fact like you appreciate what that bike had to offer going on the highway. That you know, that's the bike that you would choose. But between all those, like I, my heritage, it's like it's the smallest motor, you know, none of the fancy luxury stuff. But yeah, that was my go-to bike to always get I on think, and ride. I think that's kind of be like one. Well, me, you know, I'm not at the financial realm of of YouTube where I can just have a stable full of bikes. But I think as of right now, have a nice over-the-road touring bike. And then now I want I want a Dyna mm-hmm. and just have that. So it's like, because sometimes you hop on these road glides for a quick rip around town and um, or whatever touring bike. Um, it's like you just want to keep riding, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just want to go hit the open road with them. And then I don't know, just this whole last week I was uh, test driving that that Cyclone and I was coming down Collins and I seen I seen a Dyna. I was I. Didn't really quite look at it, but I seen a Dyna for sale sign, so I was like, "Yeah, I know I'm on the clock, but I'm going to check this bike out." Mm. <laughs> so I pulled around. It was like two, three minutes, but okay, sure. It uh-huh. was like two, three uh-huh. minutes. So I, I pulled around, and uh, it was an 03 hundredth anniversary um, wide glide. See, so, yeah, no. Where was that? That was like it was either Collins or it was one of the main ones that. But it was it was a blue hundredth anniversary. Um I believe it had like seventeen thousand miles on it. And they were only asking sixty five hundred bucks for it. I was like, God dang it's like oh, I got this new sled coming in, but this bike really needs to be mine. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like uh, We but- just traded for I thought I thought we ended up with a bike you were talking about until you said blue because we just traded for a silver and black wide glide that that sounded like it was the same bike. That's why I was asking. Yeah, so this one had the uh, the, the deep hundredth anniversary blue with the I believe it's silver, the silver yeah. um yeah, yeah. so but but it's funny how you say about with our financial realm of bikes that someday you'll get there, but yet you ordered a brand new Skidoo and how much was yeah. that maybe? It'll be the most I've ever paid for a right. snowmobile. Okay, so just remember that. 
you know, different set of priorities. Yeah. 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 You could have a stable of bikes. Yeah. Between lawyer fees and snowmobiles, it's hard to stay on that financial lane. Yeah. Lawyer fees. They're blowing <laughs> him out here on something. Jeez, yeah. man. Well, I just, just had to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, you got me back for me uh, taking three minutes out of your time to look at a bike. Well, I was going to say oh. when I... Uh, <laughs> ask you that that pretty loaded question on the lot last podcast about oh yeah about borrowing your bike down in az mm-hmm. and building you a f- custom truck i think was the other one or something like that that you've asked i feel like that's expected <laughs> just kidding does your employees come up with you and <laughs> no expect uh, you to fund them a brand new bike every year no no oh, oh wow see they do get oh, a buy you know at 500 over cost which helps well, it's always, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. So, how was this year for Sturgis? Was was did you feel like you guys were pretty busy, normal, not so much? So, <clears throat> that's a loaded question for me talking about Sturgis. So, it really doesn't affect us much at all. Um, yeah. You know, if you were to go back twenty five years, bikes were not at the same quality level, so you had a lot more failures. Mm-hmm. And our service department needed to be staffed heavily to uh, keep up with that, with all of the people, because there's a large amount of people that travel through here to get to the rally, whether it's Canadians or people coming in from the east. Sure. But with that being said, you know we have people stop in, they'll buy a t-shirt. Or, you know, the, it still has some financial impact, but I would say. On the reverse side of it, we have so many um, motorcycle club members, uh, motorcycle fans, people that go to the rally every year, and they spend a lot of money down there that I would obviously like to have a a part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's almost a double-edged sword that we're located so close to it that we lose a lot of business to the vendors that sell anything from audio equipment to wheels to you name it you know there's mm-hmm. everything sold there plus um you know if they get in the dealership and start looking at bikes those guys are pretty aggressive um what we know happens is people get caught up in the moment smell the ether if you will and they make poor decisions they pay way too much for bikes. They don't realize they're doing it mm-hmm. um, because you can't fund something like that by um, selling everything off at a discount. You know they're sure. they're jacking the prices way up so they can show more for trade values. The deal is the net difference that they pay to buy a motorcycle if they're buying it there. They're buried in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that, but, and obviously I'm sure that happens. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's quite a bit. We see it when they come to trade them in, and they're like, oh boy. Yeah. We're a little upside down here. Yeah. Did you make it to, did you go to Sturgis at all? So because I grew up in Rapid City and I had it force fed to me most of my life, it's not something I enjoy. Sure. Um, I don't like big crowds where I'm standing in line for everything and paying triple for stuff. That that doesn't appeal to me at all. No. I love the Black Hills. I love to, uh, you know, I love the riding. I like everything about it down there. And the rally is not a time to enjoy that because right. it's just overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just telling you, well, I won't get on to the next subject yet, but I did have to go down there to do a dealer trade during the rally. Sure. And usually they won't do any, and I wouldn't want to do it because it is a mess to get in and out of there with a truck and a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to 
go to Cheyenne and pick one up and did the dealer trade at Rapid at the same time on the way back through. Um, but there's just too many people just getting in and out of the sure. truck and trailer. Yeah. But yeah, with this, I was telling you guys a little bit about this adventure bike ride yeah. I did. Now that's phenomenal. You got seven, seven guys out in the wilderness doing this ride. There's no waiting in line. There's no traffic. There's no nothing. So it's, that's spectacular and in a whole other realm. Yeah, it's a whole different kind of riding, which sounds like a blast, though. So, like, how much of that, you said it was 400 miles, right? Uh, Roughly. There, there and back. You know, if we, had, back. If, if we had stayed on the whole trail that we were doing, it would have been fi- it would have been 500. But uh, Sure. So, we, how much of that was, like, hard enduro, or was it all? Well, these are, adventure bikes kinda... are, are heavier okay. than a dirt bike. Okay. So, they're... They're around anywhere from about oh five hundred to six hundred pounds so loaded, maybe. So a you bit mostly more. stayed on somewhat of a trail system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's okay, mapped this, out. That's those called, aren't the bikes you're hopping logs with. No, but we did a little of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you have to. Yeah, lot. yeah, but no, you're not out doing single track, right. Or no track where you're just going straight through the woods. Okay. You're on a trail, but some of that trail is not very established. Some of it's completely grassed <sighs> we'll over. Call so it minimal maintenance. Minimal maintenance. Yeah, you know, it's not like we have to do a little bit of the side by side trails, but those are kind of almost like interstates compared to most oh, yeah, of the road. Yeah, um, yep. But very, you deal with a lot of uh, rain ruts, rocks logs there's a lot there's tons of hazards mm-hmm. that will get you well that their trail system on there is great and it can uh, kind of offer whatever you're feeling at that moment honestly um i remember uh went down their side i've been down there twice side by siding and four-wheeling and um had a brand new turbo s polaris razor and there was enough there's a tr- there's a section of trail where you could optimize that machine you can drive it like you're driving a porsche on a track and it's like so but then you could also get into some gnarly ravines too down there so it's like it's just we're pretty fortunate to have that type of terrain near us yeah it's very diverse very diverse i'm sure you guys are familiar with what a rock crawl is Mm -hmm. i ended up in one of those on accident i oh no i had last not this time but the time i was down before about three weeks ago i my friend scott austin fort and i went out and did a day ride and the next day he was going to go golfing or something. So I went out by myself and I kind of looked at the Forest Service map. And I'm going to, oh, yeah, I want to try out these new sections. I've never been down in here. And, and it's called Camp 5 is the trail that I was on. And it's a complete rock crawl. And I'm in there all by myself, which is completely idiotic. Right. On an adventure bike? Yes. Oh, geez. And, and yeah, it was it was insane. I was... I would say I was in over my head, but I was definitely past my comfort level right. to like, what am I doing yeah. here? Like so, I started stopping and, and giving, uh, texting my wife my coordinates yeah. where I was at. So in case I never made it out of there, they knew where to find a body. Well, you never know those, the way those rocks are placed. If that bike happens to lay over, you can get pinned so easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I immediately realized this is a horrible idea. Yeah. At what point do you realize this is a bad idea? At You know, your skill level, it's like... Between one and ten, this was like up there, and then again, yeah, by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I, I survived it. Well, I think good. even though, like, a guy should always go out there with someone. Well, you absolutely. know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're making these helmets yeah. now. Um, I know that Fly just came out with this uh, helmet that's got a GPS tracker in it. That if you went down hard, 
um, and you're by yourself, it sends a signal to uh, like or a message to like your wife or whatever. You set it up to where you want it to go. So that stuff's getting super sophisticated. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. The, the funny thing about that trail is I said, I don't ever want to go in this thing again, ever. But then part of your mind, your t- the twisted part of your mind says, I got to take my buddies in here so they right. see how crazy this <laughs> yeah, is. See, but see I what, really don't want to do it again. See if they yeah. can make it through what I just made it through. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the part that's the most fun about going off and, you know, like taking taking your buddies through some to see who all can make it through. I think that's the best part about going out there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, just so they can experience, get the same experience that you did to show them, and plus what it's like out there. But then, like you said, at the same time, you're like, God, maybe I'd just like point them in a direction and tell them I'll meet them on the other end and let them try to figure it out. But sometimes, yeah, you almost got to do it again. Yeah, you know, this uh, 400 mile deal I just did, every guy that was on this is an ex-motocrosser, flat tracker. Every one of them is a very high skill level rider. And I knew that, so I didn't have any concerns. But you forget that when you take somebody in there that isn't. Mm -hmm. And then when it starts going sideways because they're not at that level, it can be scary and entertaining. Scary for them, entertaining for us. Right. Well, I remember that even snowmobiling was the same way that you get up there and you start up in the mountains and, you know, you you go there like let's just say yellowstone or even and i'm gonna say even the bighorns you go up there well you're used to the area you're familiar with it and then these people want to come and ride with you and it's like i don't it's like you almost need to talk to them be like well what's your riding ability what's your skills because where we're going or we're i'd like to take you are you gonna be able to are you the guy that's gonna get stuck every two minutes because if you are well then you go with somebody else or you don't want to hang with us or you know because you just don't know what yeah, the yeah. Ability is. it's like oh, an yeah. interview process yeah, to see yeah, if they yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. You, and you'll find out within the first half hour who can hang and who yeah. can't but it's like yeah it's essentially if you don't take into consideration your talent le- the the talent level within your group as a whole well that can also ruin your experience too mm-hmm. so it's like if you're if you take them into some crazy stuff and you can't proceed let's say for like deep into this um this crick bed or this ravine, well, you can't go any further because they're already stuck and stopped at a point. Well, it's like, yeah, so as I've kind of progressed to the snowmobile, I've started taking people out that have just gotten into the sport, and I know better than to take them to some crap that I want to go do. It's like, okay, get their skill level up so that way, you know, you're out there for vacation in, in my in, my right. eyes, that's what I'm out there for. So it's like, let's have the best experience possible. Let's not go out there and have uh, who's the best rider contest. You know, right. yeah. but you, the reason that you guys are having this conversation is we were all that guy at one point, right? Oh, absolutely. The first time yeah. we ever went and rode snowmobiles yeah. in the mountains, I was like, I was so in over my head and just in awe of everything. That I didn't ever want to go back me. after my first trip. I was like, yeah, yeah. the same for me. Yeah. And then the thing is, what's crazy is like when when I went to the mountains. You know, I'm sure even like for you, like we didn't have the technology and the machines like we do now. Correct. So you had to work ten times as hard, get familiar. But what's what's crazy is when you grew up like coming from Minnesota, it's all they do is ditch running. Different. Like, all they Way do is different. you know fast and straight for the most part. Well, that was kind of like 
how I grew up, you know, I didn't grow up in that area, but that kind of style of riding. So when they're like, dude, I heard this thing about going to the mountains, we should do it. Well, that's what we did. There was five of us that just loaded up, had no clue, went to the big horns, and we showed up and we're like, hmm, we all had short tracks. You know, it's like we, yeah, we had no yeah. idea what we were doing, but we found out in a hurry that our skill level was not there. We Our, our skills weren't there. Like it was a whole completely different thing of riding, and yeah, by the like the third day we took off, came back home because we were exhausted, our suds were busted up. It wasn't fun anymore because trying to get around in the mountains on a short short track it doesn't work. Yeah, I I have a, a just a memory that popped into my head from you saying that 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 cracks me up to this day. I had been I don't know I've been riding in the mountains for probably ten years and but it was the first time I'd ever went to Cook City mm-hmm. and um, there was a bunch of us that went there and uh, there's some people from Rapid that I'd never ridden with and one guy shows up and he's got a, a three cylinder short track oh. he had a paddle track on on it at least but it was a short track and I'm like oh boy I was right away in my mind I'm going I don't think this is going to go well <laughs> and we got up and. I don't know, maybe we were in the first hour into our, our ride and we were playing in some meadow and these guys already have been stuck several times. Um, then the guy reaches into the back seat, into his cab, into the little you know cavity back there and pulls out a bottle and starts drinking some whiskey straight or something. I'm like, this is going to go from bad to worse yeah. now. And it pretty much did. It, 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 yeah. it will. Just it like will. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, Cook City, everything is so, you know, aggressive. The train, it's everything is just straight up and straight down. So, first of all, you showing up to the mountains on a short track is silly. Showing up to Cook City on a short track is even worse decision because, yeah, even lawn tracks, it's a workout in some of the spots in Cook City. So, I can about imagine. Yeah, I remember that was the first trip that I ever took to the mountains was to Cook. And it's like you were saying, I grew up, you know, banging ditches. And at, when I was getting into riding or before I was watching videos. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how hard could this be? They're going <laughs> slow. All you got to do is just point it up. And then, like I said, the first, like, uh, there's there's some really tight, before you get into Daisy, there's some really tight, um, I'd say, like, 15 foot. Well, they're probably only, like, three feet above the snow, but they're probably, like, 15, but they're tightly packed. And... um I went with one of them guys that was out there to have a, the best rider contest, mm-hmm. so he took us through the crap immediately. And like the first forty-five minutes, I was like, "This ain't for me. <laughs> like I'm done with this." And then Ugh. glad I pushed through it. And but uh, yeah, it, it's it's not for the faint of heart out there. Well, That's kind of how this adventure bike well, ride is. Say, yeah. It's yeah. similar. It's yeah. similar to that, except the nicest part about it. And this is going to seem silly, but is the ease of how it all works because you get on the motorcycle from your house and ride to where you're going to ride and and you have the ability to ride pavement um some fairly extreme off-road stuff and you're there's never all the like you know it's a big ordeal to go to cook city you know Mm -hmm. you the travel to get there the the time and expense to get there and the trailer the diesel truck everybody piling in yeah you know it's a big ordeal yeah this adventure bike ride is just simple yeah you know yeah plus it's warm yeah sometimes it's too warm like well uh, yeah uh, (laughs) when we so when we got down to edgemont we have this this friend of ours that he he talked to this restaurant bar owner that he knew this place was closed they opened it for us nice fed us we all had drinks 
And then the guy that set it all up, you know, he kind of goes in the back room talking to the guy and gets ready to leave. He says, oh, tip these guys real good. You know, great to see you guys. See you later. Go to pay the bill. The guy paid the whole bill. Nice. For everything. Drinks, that whole works. Wow. Needless to say, the tip was overwhelming for those guys. We really yeah. kind of tried to make it up. But yeah. it's just that's the whole kind of the community, co- the culture. Yeah. yeah and, and right, the community. The, the camaraderie. Yeah. Whether we're talking mm-hmm. about snowmobiles, motorcycles, is very similar. Um, we all enjoy and have a passion for that same kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, this this adventure bike thing that I'm getting into right now is insane. It's uh, it's a blast. And I can see... I want to get into that. I can see how that could be really enjoyable because, yeah. like you said, it's, it's, it's like the winter sports in the summertime, you know, kind of a deal. And I can see that being addicting. It is the largest um, growing segment of motorcycling in North America right now. Really? Yeah. That's why, and I hardly knew that, see that. That's why they got on board and, and developed an adventure bike. How, how are those adventure bikes doing in the industry compared to other manufacturers? I'm just like... So we're only in one division. When you look at like uh, KTM, Husqvarna, they they have multiple sizes so they have light i'll I'll just call it lightweight middleweight heavyweight there's actually some stuff in between there sound like we're talking about boxing light heavyweight (laughs) kind of but anyway it's that competitive um where harley only has one entry it has the heavyweight division right i mean the it's a 1250 um and all the other major players also have um that heavy duty segment because they're better highway bikes that still have that off-road ability. So whether you're talking about KTM, Triumph, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Honda, they all make a heavyweight deal. I think that's that's the most expensive bike. It has the most bells and whistles, and that's probably going to be the largest volume-selling bike. With that being said, the way my friends and I like to ride, it's a lot more where the the smaller bike kind of works better because Mm -hmm. you're riding in more aggressive territory right a little bit more um hard enduro based over yeah um you keep saying hard enduro and i think a hard enduro it's like that's race so crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. they're racing through <laughs> wood piles i'd say more um single not even single track based but uh um i'd say if you were to <coughs> classify the heavyweight between say if there's like 50 50 off-road on-road would you maybe call it 60-40 on-road, off-road on that heavyweight? Part of that is subject to the rider's ability. Sure. Like, there's things that I would do on that bike that's that other people would never, ever even consider doing. But there's also people that could take it way more extreme than what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but yes, the the bigger the bike, the more highway friendly it's going to be. Sure. The smaller the CC size, more off road. The more off road friendly yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. More lightweight. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I just see. I just see like um, all these snowmobilers. They are very heavy into riding dirt bikes in the summer. I'm like, well, a lot of the hill climb racers, that's what they do to kind of keep that, um, A, it's a good workout, and B, to kind of just keep their um, ability to read terrain sharp, you know, and I think that's my favorite part about doing any sort of riding is 
how quickly and how well can you react to what's in front of you. So it's like when I ride my e-bike eight miles an hour faster down a single track trail than a standard bike, <coughs> that makes me react and make a decision, I guess, a lot more promptly and a lot more effectively. So that kind of what makes me want to get into riding a dirt bike down some, some gnarly stuff. Yeah, when, next time you're in a store, if you have a few minutes, depending on if you're on the clock or not. <laughs> yeah, we, see? <laughs> I, I, got, I got some GoPro video I'll show you of this yeah. last ride that uh, I've been looking at, and, and it's it shows you kind of what the terrain's like and some of the stuff that we're into. Yeah, because like, uh, when you're in that deep wilderness, you you got to be ready every single millisecond. Yeah. Well, it's just like what you just said about the focus, and you take all the different disciplines of motorcycles, snowmobiles, any of that stuff, your and the ability to read terrain and how your mind has to work and make decisions in split seconds, it's it's underrated. It is. I mean, if people go do it for themselves, they quickly find out it's a lot more difficult than than what they thought it would be. It's not like just riding down the street, right? Um, and I take it for granted. I guess I've been riding everything since I was young, and and that's kind of groomed me into. I can just throw a leg over everything and just be good at it. And I guess it's not that simple. To me, it's easy, but and not to toot my own horn, but it's like it's that's probably about the only thing I enjoy. <laughs> that, and that's what happens is because it, you, you know, grew up people with, but, like ourselves yeah. that have done it our entire life, and you take somebody that hasn't, we have to stop ourselves and say, you know, what am I going to do to this guy? You know, because it's we don't even think about it. It's just, yeah, it's just natural. Yeah. It's, and it, it isn't to most people. Right. Right. Things can go sideways in a hurry. For oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But you still got to respect it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's but what comes with, I think over the past five years, I've learned to respect whatever I'm riding, you know. So it kind of, I've told the story before about that dirt bike that I built. Oh yeah, two fifty, and uh, so I was kind of same thing too. I'm like, well, I used to have crotch rockets, you know. I now I got like cruisers, a snowmobile. I've, you know, been stupid, jump cornices and all that stuff with snowmobiles. I'm like, the only thing I'm missing is a dirt bike. But right, so and that's gonna run. It's that. Like I just had this, like I had to have a dirt bike to fulfill my, you know, like that that edge or that you know that adrenaline yeah. and to keep riding and all that. And uh, so I got. Um, Mitch Vetter had that uh, Kawasaki as a 250. Two-stroke, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, Why did he want to sell that? He blew it up for, I think, the second oh. time. And he was looking to increase to, I think, a four-stroke, if I remember right. Yeah. And so I got, it was cheap, got, you know, fairly inexpensive. And so I bought it because I'm like, here's, you know, and again, this is me because I don't keep anything stock. So I kind of wanted something. Good platform. Less money so I could make it how I wanted to. So I took it all the way down to the frame, painted it on new plastic, put new motor in it, cams, you know, powder coated stuff, made my own uh, decal design on it, you know, and just made it all mine. Stuck a little bit of money into it. And so we were getting ready. Still, again, like never ridden, never, especially not this bike because it was blowing up when I bought it. And um, we had Planet Power Sports at the time, and we had it out in the showroom, and we were going to do like a photo shoot with it the next day. And uh, so before I went and we were going to get ready for this thing, I like, well, Bauman's like, well, dude, like, 
haven't you even driven this thing yet? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. It's like, we got this photo shoot coming in, annoying me. I'll wreck it. And he's like, well, you've got to take it around the parking lot, for God's sakes, you know? <laughs> Classic so, Bauman just yeah, poking you, like, yeah, so, you know, do course, something you're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah, so, of course, I listened to him. So I wheeled it out, got the thing fired up, and so I took it in the back parking lot there, and I'm and I'm coming around, and I just got on that thing, and that front end came up, like, fast. I mean, I think it just had power like crazy. Fresh, yeah. Yep, brought it back around, put it back up in the showroom, and I'm, like, over it. That bike had so much power, like it's just like uh, my fix. I, I I like I earned a dirt bike, and in that like thirty seconds, I got what I wanted, and I was over it. <laughs> that was way too short. Come yeah, on, that, yeah. I was like, you never got into the well, dirt. <laughs> because here's yeah. how I look at it. At least I know with snowmobiling, like I've wrecked tons of times snowmobiling, broke my nose. Um, side by side, I've I've wrecked side by sides. I've I've got broken collarbone. I've got, like I've, like it doesn't like, I go into it knowing like I'm probably going to either break something machine wise or I'm going to get hurt. But I'm I'm like already cool with it. Like I'm good. First of all, in the snow you got cushion right. for the most part. You know, uh, in when with the side by side, you know at least it's in sand. A little bit of cushion. Dirt bike, not so much. Like that's, no. I think that is what went through my mind. It, it is probably uh, the rawest. For I sure. wasn't, yeah, I wasn't scared of the actual bike, but right away, I what went through my mind is, I'm gonna get hurt pretty bad on this thing, and it's and it's it's gonna do damage. And I think all that just hit me at once with all the power. Like it just it all overwhelmed me right right away, and and I was over it, and I never got back on one. I never like. It was just a cut and dried deal. I, I had since our last show that we did, yeah. our last podcast. I'd started racing season, first race of the year, Mandan track, and the first day, I like coming out of this turn, squared it up to get to the inside, get to a smoother line, and and it was kind of a high speed sweeper, and I'm on the throttle really hard, and. The back end broke loose instantly, and I did like a road racer high side where I I, I actually lawn darted head first ahead of the bike, bruised up my legs really bad, and and uh, um, of course I jumped back on a bike and continued to race the whole yeah. weekend, and then three days later I'm in the Black Hills, <clears throat> I'm riding my adventure bike, and I I'm breaking in a new pair of boots which if you've done that before they don't. You can't. You don't have the same feel for stuff. Right. So it's a kind of a combination of things. But we've been riding around for about probably two hours, me and my buddy down there, and uh, I got along the, too close to the edge of the trail. I did. I got in some good dirt where I worked the throttle up kind of hard. Got into this gentle sweeper a little too wide, a little too fast. Didn't have a good feel for the brake, and there was some deadfall that was laying along the trail, and it had a. A kind of a u-shaped branch coming off of it and it had usually that stuff on deadfall will snap right off well this didn't <laughs> stuck right in the radiator the bike stopped instantly pitched oh, me over the handlebars down the trail and i tumbled down the trail and knocked the wind out of me my buddy's trying to talk to me i can't talk because i can't even breathe and uh i jacked myself up worse on that thing than i did on the motocross deal yeah, oh, like geez. you know because the the trail you're riding is hard packed stuff with rocks and everything in it my hand is still not the same today oh, so geez. i and i rebruised up the same areas of my legs and so yeah i had a, I had a tough three days in a row but it's been pretty good since then right stayed off the ground <laughs>
See, and that's where I, you know, same thing too with that, with the dirt bike. Like, yeah, I agree. It's, you know, like I said, when you snowmobile, at least you know, like if, if you fall or get, get rolled or go down the, the hill, I mean, you, you got a little bit of cushion there. So you, I think you push it a little bit harder, but falling on hard paved, you know, packed dirt, just not as forgiving. I don't know if this has any correlation to the two, but uh, the times where I have been the most fearless on a sled was also the same time I've carried the best health insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but isn't it weird how, like, what we're talking about here is how fast things can go sideways. Yep. We can be talking about how comfortable we are and doing what we're doing and these split-second decisions and line choice, and we get to feeling invincible. And it's funny how, um, whether it's karma, mother nature, or yep. just things will go sideways so yeah. quickly, it'll remind you, They'll, this it, is a motorcycle or a yeah. snowmobile, yeah, and you're not you in up. complete control. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's Again, awesome. Yeah, thanks for. I know you're busy. You fun. Got, yeah, you, I know you got a bunch of stuff going on, and I appreciate you taking a good hour ish and a half to come and visit with us so again i i always appreciate you on our show so until next podcast uh, thanks for listening don't forget check us out uh our facebook our website we have tiktok instagram youtube leave a comment um let us know what you think of the show and uh thanks for listening see you guys Thanks for listening to Unriveted Radio, also available on demand with the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Download in the App Store or Google Play today. Unriveted Radio, presented by Dakota Customs, a full-service custom garage on the Strip in Mandan. This program has been paid for by...